You're, You're listening, listening to the Don't, Don't Suffer Like Us podcast, hosted by Kimberly Fujitaki Hello and welcome. I'm having a couple little tech difficulties. Um, please stand by. You're probably going to hear the intro again. Welcome. We're just waiting for Kimberly to call in. Today, we're going to be discussing about, we're going to be discussing, Himza. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a really weird message. It's like, do you want to invite Kimberly in? And I was like trying to click it, and then you talked. <laughs> Technology, what a wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and just prior to this, uh, Kimberly and I were talking, and my computer was overheating. So I had to plug it into the fan in my desk, and then I couldn't, I forgot to hook up the microphone. So, you know, All the I'm, wonderful things. I'm going to practice Ahimsa right now and not beat myself up over That's those it. missteps. <laughs> so, yeah, so we wanted to do a little bit of a series of um, kind of like yoga philosophy chats. And, uh, and the yamas and niyamas are something that I think a lot of yoga teachers kind of put into either their teaching or they should be, you know, at least aware and acknowledge um, these ideas. So the yamas, the, uh, what would you say the yamas encompass? Well, I'd say they're primarily our interaction with the world mm -hmm. and how it interacts with us, you know, and basically where we can take our practice off the mat and into the world and use these as guidelines and as suggestions, um, not metaphysical in nature, but in just practical application because in all of in all religious um, or all philosophies that originate with some type of religion um, or foundation, because the yamas and the niyamas are closely tied to Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism. I mean, there's many uh, of these aspects that go through both the um, the Vedic and post-Vedic religions, mm -hmm. um, and even. You know, even though they're not called the yamas and the niyamas in the Bible, they're there too. You know, yeah. um, and also in um, now I'm blanking on uh, the, is the book of Islam. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Help me here, Kimberly. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, basically, being kind, not stealing, being a good person is pretty much a tenant of many philosophies. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's just about how we can direct our actions so that we can be more effective in the world. Yeah, they're relational things that we mm -hmm. need to do to create more like peace and harmony in our lives. Like mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're a violent person, if you're stealing things, if you're lying all the time, like you're gonna have some problems. So, you know, if, if we're kind of bringing it into some really simple terms, which, you know, these things can be really like we're going over reading some of the sutras that were interpreted <laughs> and, you know, the and I were kind of laughing because a lot of that stuff is just, it's not going to be relevant to necessarily our lives in a modern world. Yeah. And so we want to discern for ourselves and, and also to <laughs> discern the information in a way that is, beneficial and also not taking away from from the you know ancient context either and i just thought of the book the quran <laughs> i'm like i know i know it um 
But yeah, so we weren't laughing in a way that's disrespectful no. to the concepts, but just in the aspect of how it's not, how, yeah, how it was interpreted and how certain aspects aren't practical today. And I think that ahimsa is one of those things that gets misinterpreted a lot mm-hmm. in the yoga world. Um, I, as we've discussed before, I am a moderator or administrator for a yoga teacher group. And I swear, at least once a week, this topic comes up where someone has a difference of opinion and someone's like, well, you're not practicing ahimsa. And nowhere does it say in the Yoga Sutras or any book of philosophy that you have to agree (laughs) philosophically about everyone. Everything, yes. And, you know, it's interpreted as not harming yourselves, ourselves, or nature, you know. I mean, others or ourselves or nature. Um, And being mindful of our actions and the implications of our actions. Um, because we've all accidentally done something mm-hmm. where we've caused harm. Yeah. And, you know, it's really about what do we do when that happens? It's really about how can we move about and maneuver the world where we cause the least amount of harm possible. And I am of the philosophy, and I think Kimberly backs me up on this, that sometimes ahimsa is saying something. Yes. Sometimes it's it's showing up in a way that, is going to feel potentially scary or, you know, somebody might feel like it's confrontational, but at the same time, like a lot of what we have to do in our lives takes those big emotions and is going to make it so that we move through that or, or are able to get to the other side of it by having that conversation. Cause a lot of times too, Violence can be ignoring things or not saying anything or just allowing other people to do bad things in front of you and saying that and and just not doing anything. And that can be really harmful. You know, Mm -hmm. that is that is violence, too. And we have to be able to, you know, discern what types of responses we're having instead of just reactions, you know, and, and to be reflective of the, of how we're interacting with others and how they're interacting with us and to know that, Hey, sometimes we're going to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Maybe what we had felt so strongly about before is not the same way we feel now. Like those things happen for a lot of people. And so, you know, I think that that's really important to be able to just sit with those feelings too. And ahimsa's non-violence, not non-judgment. Mm-hmm. And people often mistake judgment with being judgmental. You know, uh, judgment and discernment help us navigate through life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, your judgment is what helps you stop at a red light, <laughs> right? Because you know that running a red light would not be good. <clears throat> and so, you know, being judgmental would be seeing someone on the corner and maybe not agreeing with the way they're dressed and then just having a negative thought about them, right? So there's a difference between that and judgment and discernment and understanding that Ahimsa is not about letting go of a discernment. If anything, it encourages more discernment, right? Like looking at how you react to situations, because yeah. you can't control what other people do, but you can control your behavior in reaction to what they have done. Yes. So, you know, throwing around, uh, that's, you know, that's not 
ahimsa, you know, like think about if that's what's coming up for you. If, if you're having a discussion with somebody too, we talked about that kind of with, um, with some of the things that we've seen in, in other spaces that that's not yogic, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it's important to reflect on how we also treat ourselves. You know, I think that a lot of times I, especially with my kids that I teach yoga to, you know, Ahimsa is also acknowledging like how we're thinking about ourselves. Are we mm-hmm. thinking violently about our bodies and our minds? Or are we actually, you know, being, you know, we don't have to be completely, you know, in love with ourselves, conceited and how, ha- you know, like that, but we, we also need to treat ourselves with respect and have a space in ourselves for, you know, both positive and negative feelings, but then <clears throat> be able to be in a relationship with ourselves where that <clears throat> violent thought of like, I'm stupid, or I don't know how to do it, or I'm, you know, I can't do this, like those things, we can acknowledge that they're happening and then realize like maybe I need to take a break and then I can try it again next time. Or maybe, you know, this isn't the right subject for me or this isn't the right pose for me and my body, but this other one is. And so I'm going to work on that. You know, think things that are making us just think about how we treat ourselves in a, in a way that's not violent is important and I think that's really important <clears throat> as a kids yoga teacher like I've always found like those are one of that's one of the most important things that I can teach children is to have you know an honest relationship with themselves that isn't violent and also another form of ahimsa is <clears throat> excuse me I have a frog in my throat is respecting boundaries and listening to our bodies, respecting the boundaries of other people and respecting our own boundaries. If we push ourselves into a pose, we're being violent towards ourselves. It doesn't mean we can't work towards more complicated positions, but if we're just pushing with sheer force and uh, determination and not working up to it, then we're causing harm. And, you know, if someone tells us that, let's say, for example, they don't want to talk about something and we keep pushing them and pushing them and pushing them to talk about it, like, that's not practicing ahimsa, right? We're pushing the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And earlier, when Kimberly was reading from the book, um, and we were just discussing, there was this concept that basically, you know, if if you're nonviolent, if you practice ahimsa, even violent people will become more peaceful and practice ahimsa. And the reality is, you could be very calm and be the product of, you know, be the recipient of violence. But... It's also true that if you understand what is yours and what is someone else's, when someone is being reactive towards you, if you choose not to react, then it's going to it's going to allow the situation to diffuse. Right. And I'm not saying never react to things, but you know, if you're not becoming aggressive in return, yeah. oftentimes people don't know what to do with that. And <laughs> I know that's true because I tend to it's not that I'm not willing to make a stand about things, but there's certain things where someone's just looking to do some uh, transference. Mm-hmm. They're just feeling stressed. They're unhappy with life. They need to get rid of those negative feelings. And I'm the person that happens to be right in front of them, mm-hmm. you know? And so they let go on me. And 
you know, I know that it's not mine, you know? And if it was something that really mattered, then I would say something. But if not, you know, I just disengage. Because, <laughs> you, you know, otherwise... somebody that's not fighting with you. No, you can't. And that person's fighting with themselves mm-hmm. and trying to let go of something. So it's just important to realize that, like, there's different ways in which ahimsa shows up. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are like, if you don't, if you eat meat, you're not practicing ahimsa. Conversely, if, and I'm speaking as a vegan, <laughs> conversely, if you are a person that has anemia and other health issues, not eating meat may not be an option for you. Mm-hmm. Practicing ahimsa might actually be eating meat. And if you're, if you're a caretaker for other people and they rely on you, eating that way helps you support yourself and helps you support others, you know? So when we're looking at the concept of Ahimsa, kind of looking at it from multiple angles, I would say, you know, because it, you know, everything, it's like a coin. When people think of coins, they think of how many sides does a coin have, Kimberly? Two. Right, but it actually has three. Right, because there's the space between the two sides, yeah. And so, like, it's just important to remember that there's multiple angles. And even though in the moment we might feel reactive or we might feel that the person's not living according to our sense of ethics and values, um, but there's a another aspect to it, you know. Yeah, and we can only control ourselves personally. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to be you could want to all you want but other people have their will and mm-hmm. they're able to do things that may be really challenging for us to deal with but at the same time like learning it, it's an invaluable thing to learn how to keep your peace and to feel mm-hmm. you know safe within yourself and your body and those are things that I think you can really like live your yoga out in the world. If you learn that and you continue to investigate and, and, and continue to just, you know, observe what, what is making you feel aggressive or feel violent or feel, you know, those emotions because most of us feel that way. (laughs) And the thing is, is it's human to be mad, it's human to be pissed, it's human to be angry, you know? But if we are allowing ourselves to be ruled by those emotions all the time, we're not practicing ahimsa. And I mean, ultimately we're electricity, you know? Like our nervous system sends these, these things to our brain to like say, this is anger, you know? So we're, we're getting, we're confident. I can't even talk today, but I'm going to practice Ahimsa and not freak myself up about it. Like, you know, so we're getting signals that our brain is decoding as these feelings. And it's important to acknowledge our feelings. But if we get mad and we're reactive to something and we don't say something, then later we're, we're off on our own and we're beating ourselves up on it. Or maybe we do say something and then we're out, you know, we're later beating ourselves up over it. Like ultimately we can sit with the emotion, feel the emotion. If there's need for communication, we can communicate. And after that, regarding our reaction, seeing if we can be kind to ourselves regarding our reaction. Mm-hmm. Cause how many times have you thought like, Oh, I should have done this. I should have said this. I mean, we all do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
So just treating ourselves with a little bit more, you know, gentleness, a little bit Mm -hmm. more kindness, kindness and compassion. And I think that that we can all use that. We can all use more kindness, compassion. And, you know, if you're thinking about teaching about this kind of topic, I think this, this is a wonderful thing. Like everybody always needs a reminder about kindness and compassion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And just like with anything, these are just points from which to jump from. Yeah. Continue your journey, continue to learn. Maybe there's, and I'm sure there are a hundred million people who believe something different than what we do. So that, yeah. you know, more on the, our contradictions um, yeah. <laughs> you know, podcast too. So you can check that one out also, but you know, universal truths are universal truths for a reason. They're, they're transcended and not just yoga, but in all kinds of religion and philosophy, because these are all things that, that are relational to people being in society with one another. Mm-hmm. So, and even in psychology, they say hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know, so it just, it, it applies, but it's not literal. That's what I would say. So next week, we'll be talking about the second yama, which is satya. So we will be back with another episode on second yama next week. If you have any questions, you can always uh, reach out to us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Don't Surfer Like Us. And you can check out the archives of the podcast at don'tsurferlikeus.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we will hear from you. You will hear from us next time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Join us next week for another episode of Don't Suffer Like Us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Don't Suffer Like Us to join the conversation.